Sony confirms no PSX 2018. What a bummer. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square Day PlayStation Podcast. I am your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, Mr. Sawbridges, bringing you Lucky Episode 79. 79. Hmm. It doesn't have the same swing as uh, 69, you know? That's just one of those things. Or Episode 70, but I think 80 will be pretty good. Brett, tell them who we are. We will see. We are... Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast. If you've never joined us before, uh, we're obviously a very PlayStation-centric podcast. We come to you in video format on YouTube uh, every Monday at 10, p- 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. CST um, for you Southerners like us. Um, howdy. Howdy. Uh, anyway, you can find us also... If you watch us on YouTube, consider giving us a subscribe. Uh, hit the little notification button. It'll let you know when our videos go live, which is at least once a week. We've never missed an episode, and we're damn proud of it. Uh, if you want to listen to us in audio format only, you can find us on uh, Google Play Music, uh, iTunes, Sound, uh, SoundCloud, if you want to listen on a computer. You can also find us on them other Android ones, so don't, don't fear. If you want to listen to us on Android, there's plenty of ways. There's Podcast Addict and other things like that. Um, Except Spotify, that's the one. We're working on it, forever and always. Hiccups. yeah, forever and always. You can find us on Twitter, where you can ask us questions for our reader mail, as we post our reader mail uh, tweets up every Wednesday and every Friday. Uh, that's at Triangle SQRD. If you have a Twitter, join us over there. We have fun conversations on there, too. You can join our Discord, which is a more fr- like frantic, crazy-paced chat it's for like the our, most part. It's like our live streams, very unorganized and random. But it's great. I love it. Yeah, it's so fun. you can find that in the description below uh, on both podcast services or on YouTube. You can click uh, down and find the link to that. Or you can support us on Facebook and come and talk to us all there where it's a little more oriented conversation where you know where it's going because it's more chainable and you have a, a ability to respond to a specific thing. So if you like that, you can find us over there at Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. It is a group. Just request to join. We'll glad to let you in. Thanks to Josh and Blake for uh, getting that going for us. Uh, Thank you, Keeping guys. on top of it, as always. And, of course, you can support us on Patreon if you like what we're doing. We also do custom cases. We recently had to change it due to some uh, some laws about gambling and terms of service changes at Patreon. So now we've changed to where every quarter, if you've been a patron for the whole quarter, so it's just three months at the $5 tier, then you get to get a custom case of your choice. We will send the list and you choose what you want and we send it to you uh, at the end of every quarter, as long as you've paid everything. Uh, so with that being said, Saul, one thing that we started to want to do uh, for people who are joining us new, uh, who don't quite know the setup for the show, uh, we always do kind of the teaser at the beginning before we go into the intro. Uh, with that being said, we do not currently use the main topic set up until the end of the episode. Uh, we are discussing potential things about that, but for the time being, we are going to keep with our current setup and, and flow of the show. So we'll go through news. We'll go through the drop. We'll go through news. We'll go through reader mail, and then we'll go to the main topic. Uh, and those can go wildly different lengths depending on how interesting the news is that week. So if you are curious about that, we are going to start working on trying to do timestamps again. Yeah, that's my um, fault. Yeah, so Blame that way, me. if you want to listen to the main topic, you can go down below in the description and hopefully, uh, or into the comments either way, and find the timestamps. Sadly, audio users won't be able to do that. But if you want to skip around and hear our thoughts on whatever the main topic is, you are more than likely able to do that. I um, legitimately forgot to do those. Like I know it's I, I don't even know how because I, I I was doing it for like however many weeks straight, and then all of a sudden it, it's like it fell out of habit. I don't know how you had to work a Monday weirdly. I think like, it's, that's, that's what, what it was, was. Yeah, and then you just I'm never not, came back. Yeah, but that's okay. So without 
anything else to add to all that? Triangle Squared is going to go forward. Let's do this, Saul. What have you been playing this week? What have you not been playing this week? I haven't seen you on, but then again, you do that, uh, I do that per- perpetually appear offline. I caught myself in that on accident the other day. I realized that someone, uh, we were playing Firewall with uh, Ryan, and he was like, oh, you appear offline. I was like, wait, what? I went back and changed it. I can't remember why I did it, but I had a reason. Well, I, I do things often uh, in which I'm playing my PS4, and I'll get to a point where I'll take a break, but I won't turn my PS4 off. I've seen uh, you do this so, a number yeah, of times. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, uh, you've probably come over before, and I've had my PS4 on and running but not playing it. Yep. And I'll, I'll make, like, food, or I'll watch something on YouTube, or I'll, like, just relax and mess around on my phone, but I'll have my PlayStation up. And then I've, I've gone into a couple of experiences now in which uh, one of you guys, uh, friends of the show, will invite me or message me and... Uh, I, I turn off notifications on my phone now uh, because the the thing is the loudest notification I think possible on an Android phone. So I turn that off so I don't get those anymore. But uh, I just I let myself in offline mode until I plan on doing something. Uh, like if I tell somebody I won't be online, um, not like Joe or Gavin, I'll appear online. But now typically I'm just like, I'll text him like I'm online, but I'll still be offline. I feel you. But yeah, this week I've been playing a lot of Destiny 2 uh, as been the norm. So continuation from last week. Continuation mm. of last week. I played a little bit more Cuphead on my laptop, uh, kind of just relaxing the other night on the couch and uh, connected the old uh, Xbox One controller to it via Bluetooth. And, do you uh, feel like Cuphead will ever make its way to PS4? Probably. Or do you feel like it's a complete exclusivity deal? I think it's a complete exclusivity deal. I wish I could it see would. Because that would be a super good uh, game for PlayStation to have. But other than Destiny 2 and Cuphead, like, that's it. Like, I have not played anything else at all. Uh, and I don't really plan on playing anything else at all, really, until, like, Red Dead comes out or anything. Uh, I may pick up Monster Hunter on the Switch, but that's a maybe at this point. I'm not too entirely sure. Hollow so, Knight PS4? Hollow Knight PS4 is is going to fall to a time in which I have a free time. Like, since you've already dabbled in some? Yeah, since I've already beaten it on Switch, I'm going to wait for a while. So I'll play it again soon. Um Maybe even like a weekend in which I'm off work and uh, there's just nothing to do really, uh, and I don't feel like playing Destiny or my friends who play with me aren't online. I'll play it then. But that'd be another one that'd be fun to stream. I think. No. Really? Yeah. No. With the way that game's paced. Yeah. It just you know, yeah, that's a boring game to stream, in my opinion, or at least for two people to stream. Well, we'll see. Who yeah. knows? I don't I, think I it'd need be to play fun it to stream it. Um, but what have you been playing, Brett? Uh, let's see. I played more Warframe. I'm trying to remember this week. It's been weird. Of course, I played Firewall Zero Hour finally. Uh, grabbed it. Played with uh, Ryan and John, my boys. Going to do so again tonight. Uh, and also Matt, one of the listeners who is on our Facebook group. Uh, look forward to it, Matt. You will be hearing this in the future when we've already done it. So, oh well. Um, yeah, that is really fun, man. I really. It's the first time that I've played a game on VR. I'm like, Saul absolutely has to play this because it's going to change your opinion. Yeah, no, it's it's not even like a super strong opinion I have. It's just like at this point, it's not worth it for me to buy it for the cost and for the space that I have. But I understand, but what with, I mean by changing, so I guess changing your opinion is one thing. I guess it's just going to sell you on it better than anything else you've done have or anything else you've experienced on it, which is pretty limited has right because what have you played on vr i mean evil seven that one game where it's like sewer tunnels or something weird that you have oh here they lie yeah uh which was free rigs still is technically i played pretty much everything that came out that you have like that you have like i I came over that one day and we pretty much like you went through everything with me like job simulator all those other games yeah so so you never got around to farpoint so you played everything that i got early on i played farpoint you you let me play Farpoint. 
I don't recall that, but yes. okay. It was like, it's when we did the PlayStation Peripheral episode. It was like not too long after that. Okay, well, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. It's really, it's, it's a good game. Yeah, that game is. Um, I mean, it's okay. It's a, it is like cool for what it is. For it's sure. a proof of concept, to be yeah. fair. Uh, and it's not something that will get me super excited enough to like put that on my want list for VR. If yeah, I bought a no, VR, it's it's good, and it was good for how early in the VR's life it came. Now the VR is further. Firewall is a better testament to that. Some people wish that it was still single player when it's not. Does Firewall um, have the twitchy animation for the gun? Personally, I haven't experienced it. Okay. Jonathan may have experienced it differently because he's just... I think some of it comes from being used to using peripherals, and some of it also maybe comes from being used to wearing... And I, I don't know. It was, it was Jonathan played it last night, and it was very awkward watching him play it because I'm like, he's played VR, but it's been a while, and, and definitely in this type of game, he doesn't have his legs for it yet. And it took me a second to get him whenever I played it the night. It took a couple of matches of the game, and then I got to a point where I was doing pretty well. Um, oh, okay. But it really is. It puts you, It's one of those things where it really puts you in the shoes of all the things that you see your people doing on like Rainbow. So when you're playing Rainbow, and you're like, okay, I'm going to lean against this corner. It's like you're doing all that yourself. Like when you crouch in the game, you can hold circle, apparently. I didn't even know that. I just crouch in real life. And then when you crouch, your movement becomes slower. You can still sprint in the game. You don't do it, obviously, by moving yourself. Uh, but you can sprint, click the analog stick in, you'll start running. But footsteps matter. You can hear them. Uh, uh, one of the things that's cool is it finds a way to do all the things that you expect a game to do. All right? you, you want a radar, right? If someone's doing something that's loud, you want to see them on the radar. When you're carrying the gun, when it's close to you and you see through the reticle, you see like the red, like through the actual piece, like through the scope piece, you can see it. Um, and when you pull it up, obviously, it lines up uh, and it's, pretty cool which is also something that farpoint did but the other thing it does is that uh, it tries to minimize ui unless you need it and basically what it is is that you're going to do something that's going to make the ui visible to you in every sense so when you need to know how much ammo you have left or how much current clip you have left you pull the gun away from you and it projects from the back of the guns so you can see it but then when you pull it back up like you normally hold a gun yeah you, you it doesn't show that way you're not distracted by it uh you don't Interesting. yeah you, there's no health or anything like that which is smart you don't want any kind of ui elements like that the radar when you pull your gun out you can actually you can look down at your arm uh, and there's like a panel on your arm where you see the map and everything going on in the radar. And it's it's an elegant solution that works where you where when you need to see it, you have the ability to. And since the game is not incredibly fast paced, so you know it's a it, since it's a little more tactical based, people are a little slower to do stuff. Typically, you have the time to do it. Something that would be more Call of Duty like in VR would be probably harder to do that because it's yeah. a, it's like Twitch based almost. Uh, it'd be hard to pull that off. I don't know that a game like that would work in VR the same way anyway. It's going to be hard to get that very real. Call of Duty's not realistic fast like it, or realistic speed. It's it's an exaggerated pace. Yeah, I may come over sometime this week and play it. One night. You should. It's really good. Jonathan was even impressed with it because you know obviously he's somebody who loves Rainbow. Right. So and he and he could see like he was playing with randoms because of what was going on and he was just trying to learn. But I was like, it's definitely a game that is at it's it's fun anyway, but it's at its height when you're playing with people that you can clearly communicate with. So when you have a, a full team with you, dude, I want to. I only got off the other night because I was tired and Ryan was getting off. So I was like, well, I'm not going to have a team I can play with anyway. So Might that's, as well that's okay. I'm going to get off. But that's otherwise, cool. I would have kept playing. Yeah, I like games like that. I like, Very I, fun. I like multiplayer games in which you can work with friends in tactical situations. And I did not have, even though I haven't played my VR in a while, I didn't. And maybe that's just because I'm having my VR legs at this point. But even after not playing a while, I didn't have any kind of sickness problems. Which was good. And I don't know if it's just because the game handled it well or not. But I liked it. It was a good stance on it. Huh. Um, but, yeah, that's about it. I can't think. Oh, Time Spinner on Vita. Uh, I did pick it up. How's been that? playing it. It's good. It's a very much an ode to just classic 2D 
Met, I mean, not even Metroid. Really, it's just Castlevania. It does a couple of things that that aim to try and change it up and make it feel fresh. Uh, obviously, with the the base point Excuse of the game me. is that you can stop time because you're a time spinner. So you start to get pieces. This is a very basic setup. There's a there's an object called uh, or this thing, I guess, is an object, but it's called the time spinner. And this clan of people use it to go back in the past when they need to, to keep their people living. So whenever something's going to happen that would threaten their, their kind, they use this machine and they train people to use it. They have like a, a resonance with it and they can open it and then they can go back in and they can warn their people so that they can move on before the events happen. That's a super cool premise. I actually like that. Uh, but what happens is they're too late this time and somebody comes and ends up destroying uh, after you are already jumping into it and you're like partially in, they end up destroying it. So parts of it come into the, the closer with you. So you start picking up the pieces and the pieces themselves give you different abilities. So when you pick up part of it, it gives you the ability to stop time. And you can use that to help with your platforming. As things jump, you can freeze them there and then jump up and okay. use them as a ledge. Uh, it can obviously help you whenever there's something that would otherwise hurt you that you can freeze it when it's up run to the other side of it it'll come back down you unfreeze it and you have a, you have an hourglass it's not endless and you have to beat enemies to get this hourglass up uh but it's it's obviously fun if you like those type of games it's it fits i mean it, it's a really good game i think if you i mean maybe not perfect i'm not far enough in for that but it's doing enough to try and not reinvent the wheel but just be a little fresh while also just feeling like a good metroid game it's got the very consistent feeling jump it's not as a dynamic as something like um you know what we've been doing with like Dead Cells or Death uh, Gambit, Death Gambit. Uh, but it's very much that like well you have one jump like you know you can control how much how high you jump based off how long you hold it but pretty much your animation feel the same it's kind of stiff but in a way that lends the game to feeling like you, everything that goes on you're able to adequately predict how the results going to be based off of their jump animation your jump animation so it feels good because all of the audio-visual cues that you're seeing, you know they're going to result in one particular thing. So you can use that to your advantage. And that's that. I feel that way about Symphony of the Night. When you jump and you do the whip thing, it's always the exact same animation. You know how long it's going to take. You know... What you're, you know, if you if you haven't jumped high enough, yeah, to it'll, it'll to, reach, it'll the reach it'll have. Yeah, I mean, like it just the amount that it can add on to your jump. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. I mean, I, and no, don't get me wrong. Most good games will do that, but 3D games will have different animations. Sometimes it'll be more dynamic, and that feels good when you're playing 3D games that are more realistic. But these type of games that keep that side scroller Excuse thing, me. it feels good to have that. Dead Dead Cells didn't need it because Dead Cells has this speed to it that those games never do. No. Um, yeah. But I think it's really good. The thing I will say is that I can already tell just from playing it, I'm pretty sure that for a value, uh, you know, aspect, Hollow Knight's going to be the superior Metroidvania that's yeah, playing. A, because, A, it's it's just a little more original anyway in what it's aiming to do, but it's very long. The, the I can't believe cool. that, the, the, that it has that much breath to it from everything I've seen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it's dude. cheaper than you Time got Spinner. It. Yeah, it's like what eleven dollars? Like it's fifteen on sale. Oh, well, I got sale, it for eleven it? on pre-ordering. I gotcha. think that sounds yeah. right. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's dude. I'm telling you, that's a, that could be a game of the year contender well, material. And I will say, don't be wrong. It's nice playing Time Spinner, and it's pretty uh, because it's got that simple thing. But I have with all these other games I've been playing, and even you could say, well, it's pixel, so it's going to be a little different. Well, even the even Death Gambit, which was obviously pixel art, had a lot of animation variation. Oh yeah, and there was something about the look that it's like, yeah, I like what it does for this game and being predictable in the way that you want it to be predictable. Uh, but at the same time, there's something that feels 
older, not even older. There's something like, you know, we talked about pixel art's almost ageless, but what the, what they're able to do with it to elevate it even more to make it almost seem like a modern ageless is by showing me more changing animations with sprite base, which is not something that you used to see back then. It was like, you know, you have an up down sprite, right? You have a climbing sprite, you have a jumping sprite. It's always going to be the same. It's never going to change. Uh, but then you see things like death gambit that always change. Like, and it has a lot of different variables for how it goes through. And then dead cells, of course, which has a pixely, but not completely pixelated. Uh, but still I would call that pixel art. And yeah, it's very much, I would too. Uh, so, I mean, when you're playing those things and you play things like hollow Knight, looks really like, it's the Metroid, art. but it the art direction looks so cool, it's, yeah, it's and it's the di- the dynamic aspects of it. And I've liked a lot of these games going towards this what appears to be a hand drawn style almost. Uh, I thought it was really cool in uh, Jotun and also in um, Sundered, which are both from the same developer. But I like that style a lot, like hand drawn, almost cartoon looking. It's really cool. I like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's about it. I don't think I played anything else. But playing Vita again feels really nice, and that's what I chose to pick up, even though it's cross-buy. It's what I chose to pick up Time Spinner on, and I'm playing it on there. I know. the first uh, When I get the Vita in on Monday, the first thing I'm going to do is uh, download Persona 4 again. But uh, yeah, yeah, that may be another game worth downloading. Yeah, I, I think so. If you pick it up, I mean, you could play it on either. I think it'll feel right to you on a handheld, yeah, personally. Yeah, personally, yeah. Those, those games always do. That's why i got to get uh, Hollow Knight on PS4 again. And at least play it once by the end of the year to stew on it more because yeah, I'm still kind of mentally thinking of game of the year stuff in my head. Me too. And really trying to keep everything really present in my mind. But uh, you want to go ahead and hop into the drop? I sure do. So for those that don't know, the drop is this week's PlayStation releases across all PlayStation consoles. Uh, first on the list, we have Assassin's Creed Odyssey for PS4. We have Astrobot Rescue Mission for PSVR. Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise for PS4. Freaky Awesome for PS4, Mega Man 11 for PS4, The Midnight Sanctuary for PS4, Party Crashers for PS4, Pato Box, Pato Box for PS Vita, Racket Fury, Table Tennis VR for P- uh, PSVR, of course, Valtherian Arc Hero School Story for PS4, and WWE 2K19 for PS4. There you go. Got Mega Man 11 and uh, uh, what was the other one? Assassin's, Assassin's Creed? Creed Odyssey, yeah, two big games this week. Fist of the North Star is kind of a crazy game to bring back. Dude, um, but people love that. That's what I was about to say. Like, you no, know, I, we kind of talked about how it's a, a little bit of a slow week, but people really, yeah. Are you talking about Hakuto? Yeah. I didn't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I did not know that's his name. Um, anyway. I haven't watched that in a very, very long time. Yeah, Fist of the North Star, I think the last time it had an entry was on PS3, right? I could be wrong on that because it's not a series I follow, but the, I, I'm highly... Show. I know, I know. Oh, okay. But I'm just saying even then, you know, you think about it, it's a weird game to bring back. I guess it is. I don't I, know it, that it came to PS4 at all. I even, wonder if the memes brought it back. The memes, maybe. Yeah. The power of the meme. Yeah. It's, hey, it's the power of the internet that we're in right now, man. Is maybe there, so. Is there a duck in your living room? <laughs> like, what is, what is, that's not Kyrie, is it? Yes, it There's is. There's no way that's not Kyrie in a party, in like one of those party blowers. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Or a kazoo. Is that a kazoo? I hope so. Kazoo Kid. Kyrie can be the new Kazoo Kid. Talking about memes. I'm going to hop into the news now for those of you who want to know about all that. The most important thing, not the most important, but it's very, very cool. Uh, Castlevania Requiem that we talked about last episode is real and will be releasing October 26th for 1999. Uh, It includes Symphony of the Night and Rondo of Blood, both exclusive to PS4. A I lot would. of people are mad about that, but when you look at the talk that they've that they've kind of given and the jargon that they've given, it does seem apparent that Sony is somehow really involved with this coming back. Excuse me. 
Uh, Sony's really involved with this coming back. So I don't think it's weird to say that, that it's coming over exclusively. It may still be a temporary exclusive deal. You honestly don't know. Uh, but it looks like, if nothing else, Sony was at least somewhat responsible for getting the team in touch with the people who were doing the ports. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. For people who are curious, it does add trophy support to both games, and otherwise they are they are ports, uh, which is really cool. Certainly worth the $20 it cost. It's worth $20 alone for Symphony of the Night, and I think that... Uh, like, I always say that that may be a platinum game. Like, I may platinum that game. Who knows? I got to look at the trophies. I know. That's what I'm curious about, too. What's, I guarantee it's going to be hard. Here's what's interesting to me about this. Did you ever play Rondo? Uh, once a long time ago. I never have. And it's... it's and it's actually a, it's the prequel. I mean, it's it's not the prequel, but it, it's, it came, it's what leads up to the beginning. Symphony, of, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the fact that I've never played well, spoiler it. Spoiler alert for those bothers that, me. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh well. Uh, a little late on that, but yeah, uh, yeah. Well, play it in that order if you've never played it. Yeah, <laughs> play it Rondo play and Rondo, then Symphony. But uh, I always thought like uh, Dawn of Sorrow, the DS version for a Castlevania game. I think oh. it's Dawn of Sorrow or, or what was Dawn of Sorrow? Aria was it supposed Sorrow. to be a symphony remake? No, 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 no. no. I'm just, I just I said version, but oh, like okay. I was about to say, I was like, I didn't know that. Uh, you played as Belmont, and um, no, you didn't. Who did you play as? I don't know. So oh, I didn't wow. play the game. But yeah, that one. A lot of people will say that like that took a lot from Rondo, which I played both those. It did not take to me like that game did not feel like Rondo at all, but. Yes. Well, you think about the time, depending on when that game came out, you think about the time of where Castlevania was as a series. Castlevania took a lot of weird turns uh, going into the mid-2000s into now. You know I what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. Was Belmont, was Simon in it? I can't remember who's the main character. Uh, is it Dawn of Sorrow? Or I'm pretty sure. That sounds like a name I've heard. I just don't know. It's it. been, I, I'm telling you, it's been um, years since I played that game. It, I mean, when it came out, Aria Sorrow is the uh, uh, the game that it is. It comes before, or comes that comes before Dawn of Sorrow. Uh, Soma Cruz is his name. Okay. Anyway, I don't know much about that, but if you want to pick this up, do it. Symphony of the Night is a great enough game on its own. I would pay $20 for Symphony of the Night, to be dead honest with you. And that sounds ridiculous. I would pay ridiculous. 60 bucks for that. No, no, that ain't ridiculous at all. You Depending know, on how it's done, I would definitely pay 60 bucks for that. Well, you know what's interesting is that I don't... How would it be done to, to really justify $60? A remake? Because no, here's the thing just, about a remake. Redo the, the game's art, pretty on its yeah, own. Yeah, redo the art style. That's all I care about. Clean up the edges a little bit. Make the colors pop a little bit better. That. Because it's mean, already, already a colorful do. game. Yeah, I'll say they already pop enough. But like I'm just Definitely. saying, make them pop a little bit better. Clean up the jaggies. Add some HDR support. No, no. Why would you want that in that game? You know what I actually think would be interesting to see about in that game, though? What? If they were able... Because you have to think about when that game came. If they were able to find a way to make it feel very close to the original while also adding a sense of atmosphere with some kind of like light, light particle effects. Yeah, I could see that. Like Hollow Knight does that in a just, weird way. Yeah, just to give you like almost like an, a front alpha in front of everything. Like the particle effects happen above everything. That way, when you're in a room, it, like you see dust flying around in this old castle. Yeah, you know, or I don't know. It'd be interesting if they could find a way to do that while still maintaining the rest and like you're saying, kind of just clean everything up. I don't know though. That that's a real weird question. Is what do you do with a game like that to really bring it to a to that sixty dollar value point? Ah. That's that personal value of games. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure there's people that it's, pay sixty dollars for it subjective. just to play it on PS4. So yeah, it's objective. Uh, next up, this is actually interesting. Uh, they finally showed off after a couple of teases, but Thronebreaker: The Witcher Tales was shown off, showcasing Telltale-esque art combined with third-person isometric exploration and Gwent-based battles that are tailored for storytelling. Uh, the story will feature Ger- uh, Geralt. 
but will actually be focused around Queen Meave. Uh, so it comes to consoles in December shortly after its October PC release. This is the long talked about and teased Gwent story expansion, basically, but it's going to be a standalone release is what it looks like. Uh, it's going to be twenty nine ninety nine on PC, which it looks like it's going to be worth it. I'm wondering if that price will carry over, if they'll adjust it up. I hope not. I would imagine that $30 seems reasonable for what they're seeing. I'm actually really surprised with the way they decided to take the overworld exploration. Uh, on top of that Gwent foundation. And I'm curious to how they're going to talk. They're saying using Gwent in a sense to storytell. How do you change that gameplay style up to give you storytelling? I don't know. That's weird. Is it like the the characters you play against are part of a story, like, you know, like a Yu-Gi-Oh campaign. Maybe. I I, I, I don't know how else to compare it. Well, I'm curious if like, they're going to have dialogue happening, like exposition happening within the, the, the middle of the, of the matches. I don't know that I necessarily love that, but I don't know. It depends on how they do it. I don't. That just sounds very clunky to me. It does. And it makes me think of the old, like, not even the good ones, because there's a, there's a couple of the Yu-Gi-Oh! games that didn't have that problem. Uh, but I do remember other card games where they try and pull that off. It's like, it just feels out of place, you know? Yeah, they're not um, good. I don't feel like... You can, show, you can tell me this after. You know, you can have setup dialogue, and then you can have resolution dialogue. And I think that that works. But I don't know. I do like the art style they're choosing to go with. And, I'm, and there's, it, you know, voice acted completely. That's cool. Um, but also, speaking of Telltale-esque... Uh, Supermassive Games uh, has spoken more about Man of Madan. Madan, I don't know how you say it actually, but they showed that off at E3. Uh, it's the beginning of their Dark Pictures universe of games, so they talked more about that. More importantly, uh, the team plans to release two games per year published all by Bandai Namco. The titles will be standalone experiences that share the overall universe with each other, so they will be like a shared universe of games. Um, but they can be completely enjoyed on their own. They spoke about the potential for choices carrying over between games at some point, uh, but they made no promises as it is not a current roadmap for them. Uh, and I guess in their mind, they don't see any games that they're going to be doing that have a reason to directly transfer into the next. It looks like they're more... Instead, Spit. of t- instead of going the Telltale route... Uh, so obviously they're going Telltale route with individual episodic releases, but they don't see the point... What a terrible model. Well, it depends. No, it's because a terrible the model. reason I say a terrible model, it's a terrible model for for Everybody. Telltale for sure because yeah. they're they are the slowest, and I mean it doesn't matter now, but they are the slowest at actually keeping the rate of release going. Well, see, like that's the thing, and that's that, what killed them. I think is that people weren't willing to pay until it was all done, right? And, it's, and you pick it up the entire collection for seven dollars instead of you know the sixty it would cost normally. Yeah, and it's just like if they would make like like Life is Strange, if they release a new episode every week. Or two weeks. I even think two weeks is fine. Well, I was going to say more like a TV show every week. You yeah, get, no, you get a brand new episode. Every week would be great, but I get that at that point you've pretty much done the game. Like if, if the game is, set, it, yeah, the the game should be fully done when you release the I, first episode. I do, I do agree. I feel like every episode should be like you have everyone planned and they're set up in a way that the time limit would be. By the end of the first episode, the second episode is like a week out from pre-production, or you know, a week out where you know right. that you're gonna be able to finish it up. You have you have to do some final polish. I, don't, I think a week is I think might be a little too much, but I think two weeks, right, where you have a week to get it done, a week to make sure that it's gold, get it uploaded, everything. It gives you a little more time. Uh, but then basically, like you're saying, so by the time that the second episode goes live, the third episode is two weeks out, and then you know, that yeah. way you kind of keep that going. And I don't think two weeks is too long to ask of people. Definitely, since the episodes tend to normally be. Um, in the two to three hour mark for a lot of them. I think that's the, that's even better for a weekly. Yeah, well, maybe, but that also is why I think because they're that long, I think that's why it'd be harder to hit weekly potentially. Like when you think about it, the first I I don't remember the gap of time that it took for the very first Walking Dead to come out season one. But oh, I imagine don't know. 
Like, I know it wasn't long. Like, but imagine waiting that much of time to beat a game that is that short compared to the amount of time you waited for it to come out. It's not worth it to me. So you yeah. wait until it goes on sale, then you pick it up there, which is what a lot of people do. Not everybody, but a lot. And that's <laughs> when it just becomes... Like, I, I'm one of those. Yeah. So, I mean, and don't get me wrong, I don't feel like I'm the one who made Telltale go under, but their market, their their business model, and then their inability to do it in a in a pace. Non, yeah, non, a non-clunky fashion. Yeah, is what ultimately seems like it's, it's what's done them under. And I think it was also, I think the other side is, and this might be where Supermassive are big enough, <laughs> uh, anyway, that they could be able to do this as a side thing and keep a constant con- uh, relationship with Bandai, which is good for them. Uh, it's like they have a back burner thing that's constantly going if they're doing two releases a year. That already tells me that they're likely going to be doing better than Telltale. Because you think about it this way. Guardians of the Galaxy took almost six months, I, I think, for the entire five episodes to come out. Right, and it's Why? only five episodes. So mm-hmm. like, here's what you do is that when the game is done, it's gone gold as an entire game, not as an episodic release, but as a game as a whole and then you take weekly or bi-weekly releases and you have them planned out. While you're releasing this game, you're, you're essentially checkmarking an upload file and then you're yes. working on the second part. See, I would, I would agree with that. Now, Telltale didn't do that. They worked on the episodes in between. If a company's going to do not it, do that. If a, I, I agree with you, though. If you want to take the benefits of giving the episodic thing where you can kind of pull off of people's like, oh, you get to play off of cliffhangers because now you have to wait. Even if it's just a week, it's like it makes you that much more hype because you're yeah. like, what's going to happen? It's like an episode of Game of Thrones or something or whatever, you know. West now, World, whatever your show I, is. I would actually probably support that business model. If they got the whole game done at upfront and then just uploaded them every week, that way every week you're, you're like, oh, because that's, that's essentially what a TV show does. They're, they're normally, South Park is a weird outlier, but a lot of TV shows are done with the show before it even starts to air. Imagine um, Death Stranding being an episodic game release. How weird. Yeah, no, that just popped into my head randomly. How weird. But anyway, uh, I, I, I think it's interesting for them that they're kind of doing that. But uh, basically, just to wrap this up, Man of Dawn is currently planned for release sometime in 2019, I would imagine early. So that would mean that if they're following this, there would be a secondary release later on in the year. Uh, I think if they can get their pacing right, uh, they've already shown me with Until Dawn that, they can, that they're capable of doing a lot. Uh, I really still need to play, and I plan on doing it very soon, Hidden Agenda. I do have it. I just need to finally crank down and play it. It's just weird because I'm going to have to do it with my phone. So I don't know how I feel about that, but I think it may be something that me and Hannah sit down and do like maybe even an hour of a night just so we can have a reason to do it with like, that way. You're at least utilizing the whatever. I can't remember what that initiative was called. Playlink. Yeah. Playlink. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a setup to go, but I think they're obviously a good enough studio to, to pull this off. And if they do it right, like we've already seen life is strange. Does it better than telltale already? We've already seen that. Even that, even though they're not doing the weekly pacing, I think it's every. They, I, they're normally not a month, you know. They're normally around a month, I think. Whereas, you know, sometimes you'd wait a month or two for Telltale stuff. Um, but even with that said, I think that they can pull it off. So good for Supermassive. Uh, a little. It sucks that Sony didn't try and nab them up after Until Dawn uh, was a sleeper hit that it was, and try and do more with them. Obviously, we got Hidden Agenda out of it, which is a PlayStation exclusive. Uh, but I wish we would have gotten more out of it. Yeah. So it is what it is. Definitely considering that they utilized the um, Horizon engine, the Decima engine, really well with Until Dawn. It was a very pretty game. It would have been cool to see what they're doing with that outside. Now they switched over to Unreal uh, Engine 4, apparently. So that's cool. Uh, Supermassive, let's see. Uh, after some rumors, it's been officially confirmed by the Kingdom Hearts Twitter account that the Kingdom Hearts 3 theme song will be a, co- a collaboration between uh, Yutada Hikaru and Skrillex or Sonny Moore for all them from first to last fans out there. 
Uh, that will be an original song titled Face Your Fears. This has been rumored for a little bit. Kiki has been talking about it already, though whoever else he mentioned is not part of this. I don't know who that is. Um, I didn't ever get around to listening to this song. I'm sorry, Kiki. I will try and go back and do so. Uh, this is interesting. I don't really have a big affinity for Skrillex, uh, as I never got into dubstep really big, but I love Utada, obviously. And a lot of the songs end up being remixes anyway and having an electronic sound to them. So if this song ends up going that direction anyway, I'm not really upset about it, but it's an interesting collaboration. Yeah, I don't like Skrillex that much as far like a music standpoint, but he's a good producer. So Yeah, he, so if nothing else, you get a solid production out of it. Yeah, he's talented, so we'll always yep. get something good. So I know that he's actually doing it under the name Skrillex. That's why I think that's why I'm not getting my hopes up. But it'd be crazy if he actually came in as Sonny Moore and was like, "Yeah, we're going to do rock and we're going to do these that vocals be, here." That would be pretty sick, actually. Because I think that there's an argument to say that Sanctuary veers nope. towards the rock side of things more. No. Yeah, man, definitely at the end when it's got the dun 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 dun. You know what I mean? It's it's more rock oriented than pop oriented, in my opinion. Definitely when you compare it side by side with Simple and Clean. But is it more rock oriented than electric oriented? I don't know because it's not even really that electric oriented. You know what I mean? It's kind of a it's almost like traditional instrumenty sounding. Besides the, it ends up coming off electronically, be, uh, electronic e, I guess I should say, because of the flip vocals to give you that subversion. Yeah, you I know? guess that's true. I don't know. It's a. I think this is something that's more of a. What do you consider electronic? So I'll yeah. give it, I'll give you that one. Uh, Dirt Rally Two was announced as a sequel to the original 2016 release, aiming to travel to new locations and bump up the number of cars. But because that's normal car game stuff. Uh, but also track degradation, which actually sounds pretty cool. Uh, so this is where services can become loose or unstable. Uh, the more cars that take this specific course. So if you keep hitting, if you keep you know, going up a banked curve, that bank curve is eventually going to get to a point where it's not doing the same thing for you as it was, and it's almost going to be detrimental to you to go that route. Uh, so you have to kind of stay on your feet. I think that's cool. Uh, it's cool, but, I mean, who knows? I think other games maybe have done this, because, I mean, this is more of a, you know, you're doing it specifically on dirt. It wouldn't work anywhere else. Um, but, anyway, no VR support is planned currently despite the first game eventually adding its support uh, for VR via premium DLC. But Codemaster said they're listening to demand. So if you want it, go tell them. That looks like what's what ended up happening with the first game. They added it as a demand thing, even though you had to pay for it, which I think is fair. If a game is not originally planning to add VR and then there's enough of a demand shown in the community that they want to go in and be like, okay, well, hey, we're doing VR, but you pay 10 bucks for it. I think that's fair. Yeah, that's so, I mean, yeah, maybe not everybody who um has the money or wanted it has the money, but then again, it's you know, something yeah. like that's often a goal. And sale. that's why you you make it a median price cuz even if you're making $10 off of it, it's better than doing a free update that you don't know how many people are going to actually deal with it. Yeah. You know, you don't know if it's going to help base sales or not. Uh anyway, that comes out February 26th, so if you're interested in it, hopefully it won't move. That just adds more to the February pile of things. So this looks like what the 22nd at this point, it would have to be a Tuesday. Well, no, if it's 26. Who knows what day this is releasing? I guess this could be a Tuesday release. Friday being the 22nd, this would be a Tuesday. Yeah, that's going to be a dead game. God. I don't know because it's racing, and racing does still live in that's, this weird niche. That is true. So, it's a very good niche, though. I would, if this was something else, if this was any it, other type of game, I to mean, be dead I, honest with you, I'd be like, nope, it's releasing at a bad time. Yeah. But with it being racing, and then not even only racing, rally racing. This has got a very particular market it's it aiming does. towards. Oh, it does. A very popular one in, among its community. Yeah, for sure. And definitely, like, you know, Europe is way more into racing games than we are. Definitely when you actually go towards more realistic racing like this. You know, America obviously has a big uh, love for the street racing games that we see, like Need for Speed and even yeah. Forza Horizon. But 
Europe definitely loves the more simulation style simulation style. Uh, PS4 Pro model including the included in the Red Dead Redemption 2 bundle features a new model number, meaning some small changes may have been made. Uh, very likely, I mean, when they change the model number, something's changed. We don't quite know what it's going to be, uh, but on the Pro moving forward. But as usual, they will continue to support the games. They should be no reason for you to know i wonder if it's fans because i know a couple of people who've complained about the fans on the on the pro i would hope so but i also don't think that that's that's a costly upgrade in, in a way not necessarily as prices go I mean, down prosper, in different areas you prosper can, unit no but price is a hold of sony yeah it's a big cost i mean again maybe not because you think they're mass buying right if it's only 13 well, yeah, more cents to improve and that's even because even then the rest of the PS4 Pro materials have likely come down since launch. So you're now cheaper on your graphics and, and RAM side potentially, right? And your even your processor. So, RAM is still really expensive. Yeah, but we're not running DDR4 either. We're running yeah, DDR5. So, I mean, who knows? It's one of those weird areas. But basically what I mean is that as costs come down for other things, like even the plastics or whatever, or they might have even found a way to skin more plastic off and still do an adequate casing, then you can add those extra dollar or whatever to the fan and hopefully help that. I don't know. That's a really interesting one. But also, that obviously is an announcement of a Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, PS4 Pro bundle. So if you want a PS4 Pro uh, and you want Red Dead 2 on it, which will obviously look fantastic on it, pick it up. If you don't care, don't pick it up. Just buy the game. Do what you want. Sony and PlayStation have finally caved, and this is something that people have been waiting for forever, on their long-running stance on crossplay. Uh, moving Fortnite into crossplay beta and looking at select future third-party games to add the feature to currently Psionics says that it's not planned for Rocket League. I assume that they probably just weren't in on it. They were working with the person who does it, who's the biggest right now, which is Fortnite. It's the place where it needed to start, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so they are saying that currently it's not going to be on there, though I would not be surprised if it's in the first games of the next wave of games to add this feature, depending on how these things go. Sony doing it only on one game. The, like I said, it's not that I care about this, but in terms of what Sony's done now, you can't open the door a little bit without expecting people to expect you to open the door completely. So now that they've done this, I think that there's no real going back at least this console generation, depending on how things play out moving forward and how much different Microsoft and Xbox end up being. And if they go more towards a platform idea, or if they try and stick more with being a console service, it's going to make it really weird in this particular setup because PS5 might not need it. But at least as far as PS4 and Xbox One are going and concerned, and for the next year at least, they've opened this door. They're not going to be able to shut it now. No. So even, and I think that what they're probably doing with this being a beta is that they're looking at how many people actually utilize this and take part in it. Uh, well, that's I could be wrong on that. Track, isn't it? Well, I, that's what I, was saying. Oh, I could be wrong on that, but, but that's assuming. How do you track that? I don't play Fortnite. That's assuming that you look at. Are there different servers? Because currently, I know in Fortnite, there's different servers for if you don't want to include uh, Android mouse, people. Or that. If you don't want to include keyboard and mouse, that seems reasonable. I don't know if that's true. Uh, but then that would make sense that you're going you're gonna to be able to choose lobbies based off of what you want. Right? So if you want to go cross-play and you want to play with Xbox players, do you have to go to a specific lobby? It'd be easy to track then. You would just track, no you would track the lobby usage. Yeah. Um, and depending on how that goes, and if if the lobbies end up being majority Xbox people and very few PlayStation people, Sony might be looking at it and being like, ah, we were right to begin with, even though we eventually cracked, we were right in that 
and I'm not saying this is true, but if that ends up happening and Sony's mindset was that, well, these are a lot of people barking, but it's a very small group overall. Um, if that ends up being true, who knows? That'll be interesting to see how Sony bends with that decision as they continue right. going, if they try and limit it. I think that the three games that stand to benefit from it most, and then they may even just stop after that, would be Minecraft, um, Rocket League, and then obviously Fortnite. PUBG, maybe. But I don't if know. If we're because... ever going to get PUBG. But I don't, I don't think. I... Well, the Korean board was right on Castlevania. No, I know that. But I'm just I'm curious how PUBG is going to look and run. Yeah, if it's going to be better optimized this time around. Oh, it's not going to be better optimized unless it's rebuilt from the ground up for PS4. That game looks like hot garbage on Xbox One X. Like, hot On the One X? Yeah, they finally got an update, like, not too long ago. I can't remember if it's been weeks or months. I I don't know, because when it first launched on the One X, it would completely drop frames, even though it was supposed to perform better. It it would, like, almost unplayable. If I remember looking at videos. Either it was like that for the entirety of the console for Xbox. But I remember people saying it was at least better on the original I mean, it's better, yeah, Yeah. but I mean, you're fighting 10 frames versus 15. See, when people talk about that game being better and that it shouldn't, that Fortnite shouldn't be doing better, I'm like, yeah, but Fortnite is well optimized on everything it's released on. Yeah. I haven't even played Fortnite, but I've never watched somebody play Fortnite and had texture load in problems, have uh, frame drops or anything. I was like, I just, I had four frame drops a couple times while playing Fortnite, but not like PUBG. PUBG, you run into a room and frame drop sometimes. Well, and, and, like, and, and how bad of a frame drop? Just down to like twenty something, 10, like or? ten frames. Like no, 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 I'm talking about like oh, sixty dro- to fifty when I played on PC. Sure, like it was noticeable, but it was not bad. Yeah, but sixty to fifty is playable, right? But like thirty, 30 when to, you're running at thirty and you go to ten, is, yeah, it's not playable. It's not playable. So that's a good point. Uh, anyway, we got a couple of responses kind of into this. Obviously, we've had our own points. We've talked to ad nauseum about our stance on yeah, crossplay. I'm, sick of it. I'm glad it happened. I just want to see what it's going to outcome. I want to see what the outcome is. I'm curious of the the overall outcome. Yeah, uh, and when I say I'm glad it's happened, I'm glad it's happened just spoke. so hopefully people will shut up about it. Yeah, I've because spoke. I do still agree that as a business thing, obviously it made more sense for Sony to keep it. Uh, but I'm sure that they've kind of come to a conclusion where, and it looks like this is true from what Justin was telling me. Um, the currency itself will not transfer between. But the accounts will. But the items that you buy will carry between. Yeah. So that makes sense, right? So if you primarily play on PlayStation and you want to buy, basically you're going to buy all your currency on there. And then Sony's not necessarily losing out of money while still, excuse me, giving you the ability to go log onto your Switch, play on Switch, use items you bought, but instead of giving Nintendo the money for the currency, you've given it to, to Sony. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I guess that makes sense because otherwise you'd be buying stuff directly. You know, you can go, well, I'm playing on Switch now and Switch can be my main console, but I've got all this, which I mean, still Sony made the money at that point. It's just, it's weird. I guess they're hoping that you're going to, you're still going to play on them as a main console and then use the other consoles as like, okay, we'll switch. I'm playing out and about, right? Just right. to keep going. So that's it's, going to be I interesting. Think it's going to be more common for PS4 owners to play on Switch than on Xbox as well. Sure. Uh, something that somebody said in our reader mail that just happens to pertain to this, so we're going to tie it into this, which is interesting. Uh, Josh Ayers says, with the crossplay announcement, heaps of people want all games to crossplay everywhere. Parentheses, it won't happen. Uh, if this happens, the thing that won't happen, <laughs> exclusives will mean more than ever, and Xbox has none, which is obviously hyperbole. So why do people want this? Because Xbox would likely die as a console. Now, this whole thing is hyperbolic. It just is. I get where he's going with it, though, and the sentiment behind it. And we actually have a response from LTB, which is a little bit different, that we can go ahead and say that so that we can kind of air through both of them. So, so you want to read that off? Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, I was yawning. Um, a question that begs to be asked. 
With Sony's recent decision about cross-platform play, single-player experiences and services different is going to create even a stronger competition across the board. What do you guys think? I think he's right. I think that the way cross-play is going to work is that for multiplayer, first of all, if you're playing multiplayer games, you're on the console with your friends. If you're not on the console with your friends, you're one on every console can play with the most people, which is why crossplay was important for these multiplayer people. Yeah. Um, now that now that PlayStation has it, you have that extra added benefit of oh well, now that I can get I can play with Xbox and Nintendo users on PlayStation, I'm going to get a PlayStation because now there's also these in, this incentive of these exclusives. Yeah, and, it's a flip side thing. Exactly yeah. to your point, if you don't mind me, because it just it's specifically tied to that. That is exactly what I was saying too. Is that Sony does stand to benefit from this because people who were maybe having a hard time deciding because they wanted a PlayStation but they did not want to be locked out of playing Fortnite or Rocket League or Minecraft with their friends will now go great. Now I can just buy a PlayStation. So Sony's still going to make the money, whereas before they might have lost it actually because the person decided that playing with their friends on Xbox was more worth it to them. The when that barrier starts to disappear, it can go both ways for Sony. Realistically, yeah. it can be that people are going to stop buying them, but it actually stands in Sony's benefit right now because while, like I say, Josh is hyperbole about Xbox having no exclusives, it is hyperbole. There are exclusives, but there's definitely not as many, and they're typically not as raved about and definitely this year we've seen it. We saw Sea of Thieves actually get a lot of flack, uh, even though it was a fun game. Uh, we, now we see what, what's the, I can't even think of another exclusive that's come out besides Sea of Thieves and obviously Forza Horizon. So this year has been a big lull for Xbox. State of Decay and stuff. State of Decay. Thank you. I knew there was one more. State of of Decay 2 is what it was, right? Right. So there you go. Three exclusives. One, I think State of Decay, even though it sold really well, I would consider that a little bit more of a niche game, kind of like what Days Gone's going to be doing. It's going to sell well, but it's not a huge title um, necessarily, even though it's going to do well among core fans of each thing. Like State of Decay did well among Xbox fans and then dropped off the next week uh, from the charts. I think Days of Gone's going to do something kind of similar, unless he can just really buy into that Sony hype. Uh, But with that being said, yeah, you're you're right. I mean, obviously Xbox doesn't have a ton of exclusives, even though they're working on it. But what's going to happen in this particular case is that Sony's going to benefit still because they believe that even though they're opening up, people are going to buy the PlayStation because of the constant pacing of exclusives. Um, And then what's going to happen outside of that is that moving forward, people who would have otherwise bought an Xbox because they really wanted to play with their friends will just instead buy the PlayStation to play the exclusives and then buy with their friends. But I think the other side of that argument, Saul, you want to add anything else to that segment? Well, I was going to say, like, uh, what I think is that a uh, for the people who care about the multiplayer experiences that crossplay offers, typically aren't going to be the same people who care about uh, the single player experiences, and that's why I think that. When people kept bringing to the argument, oh, well, if I'm at GameStop and there's an Xbox One or a PS4, you know, this argument has gone both ways in which now, like, I would get an Xbox instead because I don't have crossplay. So, but now you do. So mm-hmm. now you have a PS4 with the uh, incentive added games, as I said it earlier. Uh, so I think that, it, like, people keep saying crossplay is bad. Crossplay just uh, gave Sony another feature to be in the game, like, with other players. Like, now, and I think that most multiplayer, uh, mainly people anyways, are already on PlayStation because right now Microsoft doesn't have a major uh, first-person shooter that has, uh, you know, ties in with them. Like, Halo is pretty dead right now. And I say that, I, their community is huge. But, like, for anybody I knew in person that has ever played Halo does not play Halo. They play Destiny. Yeah. And they all play on PS4. They found something else. Yeah, they all play on PS4 except like three of them they play on PC. Um, 
but I think that it's just a, it's you know it's a win all, all all the way around. I think that they're like 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 you said, there are going to be people that ruin it. Who's like, well, why is it Madden? And it's like, well, because they said Fortnite, not Madden. Yeah, they said Fortnite. They and did not needs, say Minecraft. It like, needs to be the biggest games. I think Minecraft and and Rocket League are the only other two games that I can think of that I look at and go massive. I could see an argument on some people's side about Grand Theft Auto Five because it's so massive, and it, but. That gets to be weird too, but like, like you said, I think the like you said, Sony has another tool and a feature that they can that they use to be in the game. Not everybody's thinking about it this way, but exactly like you said, it's another tool to convince somebody to buy them. So, to that end, let's just say if we're talking about a story that there is an Xbox user who is just right currently now not too happy with Xbox because of the fact that they've had a lack of exclusives and he feels like he's missing out on PlayStation, but the only thing leaving him on Xbox was that if he went to PlayStation, he couldn't play with his friends. Now he has the incentive to go, I'm just going to sell my Xbox or keep it or whatever and switch to the PlayStation as my main console. And then I'll still be able to play with my friends. If I have to get rid of the Xbox to cover the cost of the PS4, in this it's particular like, game, yeah. yeah. So I'm saying, like, you have that ability. If they go, well, I do love playing Fortnite with my buddies on Xbox, and if I go to PS4, I, I sacrifice that. I do think now that that's gone. Sony did word it wrong, in my opinion. PlayStation worded it wrong. I think that they should have drawn a fine line where, if this is not a permanent solution, they should have said, now up until the end of this generation, you will be able to play this. I will give you that. That way, they could cut it off at PS5, and now because now they set themselves up for even more hate and flame. Be when PS5 launches, want to know why you know. Destiny, yeah. just think about it. Destiny 2, like if PS5 comes out next year, which we're going to get into that here in a little bit, Destiny 2 is going to get ported to PS5. There's no way it's you, not going to. You really think I, so? It's, it's in year two. It still has another year and a half. There's no way it's going to go into next gen without, or next year without going into next gen at least. I just feel like they would just end up saving it and letting Destiny 3 be nope. it. I, you know? But I don't the, know. The biggest expansion, or like, okay, I'll say that. The the Going off of the history of Destiny 1, the biggest expansion is yet to come out. That doesn't come out until next year. So I think that that's going to be where, like, depending on, you know, when the console is released, I think that that's going to happen. But anyways. Uh, that's a really interesting point. I mean, I, I, I get where you're going from that. And I think that they probably should have done that anyway, just like you said. Even if they plan to use it going to PS5, all that verbiage does is give you the out in case you decide to use it. Yeah, because I think about it. Like, Tekken King came out in the year three in September. Well, if... This, uh, you know, year three massive expansion comes out September next year, and the PS5 comes out in November, just two months later. Is all of Destiny 2 going to basically, like, how's that going to work, you know? So Destiny 2 may be a launch game. Well, maybe. We, I, I was maybe. talking about something like that on the subreddit about how, like, that actually makes sense. So tying how, that into crossplay, though, I mean, ex what exactly are you getting at with that, though? If, what, 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 how would P Destiny 2 being on the PS5 be a problem with crossplay? And, I forgot and, how we even brought up that at all. That's one of those tangents I was talking to you about. Okay, anyway, well, so we brought that's my point. You, you brought it up as Destiny, and it's funny that you bring up Destiny in terms of, you brought it up in terms of crossplay. It's funny that you did that because I brought it up in terms of crossplay as a perfect example of a game that would not benefit from it because of the, the fact exclusives. that PlayStation has too many exclusives. So then what you either do is you alienate the people on PlayStation who like the exclusives who were able to use it when they were playing only in PlayStation lobbies, now you either have to make a separate lobby that completely bans those guns from the lobby so that nobody can use them, or you let it run free and then you have the, I don't know that it would necessarily be so, but you'd have the potential unfair advantage of people on PlayStation using guns that the play, that the Xbox people just can't use. It doesn't, because I know like the Mita is obviously the multiplayer, one of the multiplayer keystones of like, okay, most people are going to use the Mita or Wings of Vengeance or whatever the hell they're called. I don't know all the guns. What is the Mita? Uh, Mita multi-tool. 
Mita Multitool. Mita Tool. Okay, whatever. I got the wording to be fair from Donovan. I'm pretty sure he says Mita. I'm pretty sure he's wrong. <laughs> to be fair, I don't care. <laughs> Just Panera Bread, get me a Mita. Yeah. So anyway, my point being, so the Mita Multitool, whatever you want to call it, there's guns that are obviously multi-platform, but they're on both versions of games that dominate multiplayer anyway. So it may, be, it may not be a huge thing, but it is just one more thing. Or like the, what about the Destiny exclusive raids on PlayStation? No, yeah. Even, even PlayStation fans think those, that's bullshit. Yeah, that de- should not be a thing. Exclusive content should not be a thing. I mean, I agree that uh, from an outward standpoint, who who who, who are you convincing about? From, from a gamer, yeah. From a gamer standpoint, it makes no sense. Yeah. From a business standpoint, it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Because who, if you just want that much more Destiny content, you're going to get it on PlayStation. Who, who, bam. Who's going to buy like Destiny is a multiplayer game? Chances are, if your friends are on Xbox and you have a and you're like, should I get an Xbox or PS4? The content of like you know whatever it is a year early is not going to convince you to get it on PS4 instead. You're going to go where your friends are. Well, it might, because you think about this. What if you aren't playing with friends yet? What if you're just going into Destiny by yourself, and you have to make that decision? Well, you go, I'll get more to play if I'm going to PS4, right? What if your friends, definitely when Destiny 1 and 2 came out, what if your friends haven't upgraded to the next-gen systems yet, and you are one of the first people to take a dive, and you go, guys, wait. When you come forward, you're going to want to stick with PlayStation because you get more content, and we're getting it early. And, like, you know, the Xbox gets it eventually, but way down the line. Yeah, but you get a strike on a weapon. Yeah. It's not like you're getting massive amounts of stuff. But it's, it's not something that I don't think the reason that, I say that soul alone, like that's not something a no, lot of people think about. But it's just one more thing. It's just, it's I mean, like yeah. Call of Duty. When your life is Call of Duty and you know that you're going to get more maps to play a month early on PlayStation 4, you're going to go, well, yeah, that's important to me. I'm going to play on PlayStation 4. I'll get more maps. Because you think multiplayer games all have a problem of a, of a, a lack of content. That tends to be the thing. The way that they fix that is by constantly giving new updates and, and packs that you can buy to fix that content drought. So Destiny being a game that both releases are known for having a problem of content at launch, if you get one more strike at launch that's only on PlayStation, that's one more thing that you can use in rotation to not wear you out. Yeah, hopefully it's better than the strike they launched at uh, on the on the new one because the new Lake of Shadows sucks. Yeah. But, uh, so anyway, this, I knew this was going to be a weird conversation. Yeah, no, so is, yeah, we'll move taking on. Taking up probably half of our talk. Yes, show <laughs> yes. we will move on so going on what well, we are in news now still yeah all right let's, still let's keep this going <laughs> all right we're gonna roll through the rest of these um amidst controversy from and i'm sorry i didn't bring this up last week episode well, these past few weeks for me have been crazy there's a couple things i didn't bring up that i should have brought up uh but amidst controversy from its sudden closure just a couple weeks ago telltale have now pulled the walking dead the final season from places of sale after going back and forth on the potential of the season being finished out uh this looks to currently be a temporary pause on the sale to keep people from unwittingly buying a game or an episode that they're not gonna be able to finish that actually makes sense to me uh buying time until a decision is made on whether or not they're going to move forward. I think that the more you look into it, it seems unlikely that they're going to move forward uh, because the company got to be part of a lawsuit uh, by former employees um, where they they violated California and federal law in different ways by not giving adequate warning ahead of its closure. Uh, Which, yeah, that's a pretty, pretty so money's going to be a problem. bad thing to do. Now, here's where I think this may have been going when they said that there's potential partners who are willing to come in and help them finish this. Who stands the most potential to gain from this? When you look into the story of Telltale, AMC, who owns the Walking Dead TV show rights and game rights for that show, they the show, the Telltale rights that they have for Walking Dead stem from the comic book, but AMC has the right to do Walking Dead games for its version of it, right? So AMC were in talks with Telltale already and ended up backing out when another company backed out because I think that they saw that things were going sour. 
But AMC are trying to break into gaming right now. Uh, No. Now, here's why I say that this is, I'm not saying it's a good idea for them. I don't know. But this is what I think they might be using as a way to kind of get themselves in. I think that AMC might be the people because the fact that it is Walking Dead, if AMC are going to be the ones who come in and finance the Walking Dead finishing off, the Walking Dead's related to them. If they make another if they make another Walking Dead game, it just helps them break into the gaming market and already look like a savior. Yeah, it's probably going to be garbage like the show has turned into. The show who, used who to knows? be so good and it lasted so long. But and, my point being is that I feel like that's the only route. I don't who, trust them. Nope. Who in the hell else is going to be trying to come to Telltale and be like, we want to pay to finish it off? That's the only thing that makes real logical sense to me. I can't imagine anybody else doing that. So something tells me that it's going to end up being like four more seasons long if AMC takes it over, and then they're going to kill off all the main characters, and then now it's going to well, be the sub They said it just to finish this one. I know where you're going, but... Dude, they released episode two, so there's three more episodes to release. If AMC came in and helped finish this off, somebody, it would be... Somebody else, like another studio, actually volunteered for that. And I can't remember who it was. Like, they, they straight up maybe, on Twitter. Maybe I missed that. That's on weird. On Twitter, they uh, they volunteered for it. I don't know then. That's, that's uh, out there. Uh, but next up, Hitman 2 has gone gold ahead of its November 13 release. This is IO Interactive's first official release since their departure from Square Enix with the Hitman franchise going along with them. Uh, Warner Brothers will be publishing this release, in case you didn't know. And... The thing that's interesting about it is, if you didn't know yet, it's moving away from its episodic nature of the predecessor and going towards a complete release, which I think is smart, personally. Uh, Though, they did have something going with the first game with post-launch content. Now, they can still do the post-launch content with a full release up front and still do uh, you know those uh, what were they called? Like the celebrity hits that you could do where like you got to fight. uh, you, you You got to take down Gary Busey. That's hilarious. Right? I have no idea, though. I've never... Great campaign for in terms of post-launch content that's fun in a game where it makes sense, right? You're getting to kill a celebrity, right? It's, it's just a fun way to, <laughs> you to do all your wildest dreams. You find out that somebody, you know, would stalk Gary Busey and then went and played the game and killed him, and then it left their system. They were happy finally. <sighs> Who knows? PlayStation have announced a sleek new white version of its redesigned gold headset that is now available for pre-order at participating retailers. So if you're looking into that, it does look nice. I tend to steer away from white anything when it comes to technology that you're going to put your hands on because it's going to get dirty. It's going to get dingy, sadly. Shovel Knight is making its way to the frantic action of Brawlhalla, the free-to-play Smash Light game alongside his crew in King Knight, Black Knight, Plague Knight, and Spectre Knight. These are going to be more than just skins. They will have individual animations and sets, uh, move sets. So that's cool. I really like that setup. Uh, and Rayman's also going to be joining him from Ubisoft. And Rayman comes on, no, let's see, what was it, November 6th. Six, thank you. But currently, there's no release date for the Shovel Knight stuff, uh, but they said they will update as that goes forward. I think that's cool. I think that Brawlhalla is that perfect kind of game to bring in weird characters like this, and I think that Shovel Knight makes a lot of sense as a character, and so does Rayman, truly. I feel like there's another fighting game that Shovel Knight got put into, or I may just be thinking of this that I saw way back when, maybe, when it was rumored. I, I don't know. Maybe. I'm trying to think of another game that Shovel Knight would be put in, but he's made weird appearances. Yeah, he's made a lot of weird appearances. So, so I want to say that there was something with, no, with Nintendo that they ended up doing a uh, exclusive with. I don't know what it was. I may be just thinking about the Amiibo and that's no. like blending my memory together. No, now you said that. I, I do think there was a Switch game or something, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Capcom have announced that Devil May Cry 5 will run at 4K 60 frames per second on PS4 Pro, though a native resolution is pretty unlikely. Uh, either way, it's cool to see them doing 60 frames per second. This is the type of game that needs it. Action games that are this fast-paced is what you want. And from what they've shown on gameplay so far, it's going to want. It's gonna hit that 60 frames. 
Um, no, well, hold on. Did they announce native 4K? I thought they announced. No. They just said 4K. No, they said 4K. Okay. So I was saying a native resolution of 4K seems highly unlikely. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. They haven't announced what it's going to be, whether it's going to be temporal injection. Like, uh, I really doubt it. But me and Worldin were talking about the other day, which is something that I think, if I'm remembering right, Insomniac made. And it's it's in Spider-Man and Ratchet and & Clank. And I think another game used it to some extent. I think it was Infinite Warfare, um, huh. which is cool. And uh, past that, you know, it could be checkerboard, I guess. If, it, if they're calling it a 4K, I guess it's going to be one of those. It's not just going to be 1440p that's being upscaled. Uh, but that's a checkerboard. So we will see what it is. I'm curious to see how, how good the game ends up looking because I'm sure it's going to look great. Uh, so far, it looks great. But I think if you actually look at the gameplay design, I don't think the areas are that expansive. So they're able to cram a lot of detail and frame rate and resolution because they're being a little smaller. Yeah. Uh, whereas, I mean, if they keep the same size as DMC as much as people hated that, I think it would be fine game. Uh, they're big enough areas. And with action games like this, it, it's not a huge deal if they're not massive and sprawling, in my opinion. So... I don't know, though. I didn't play... Uh, was Devil May Cry 4 60 frames per second at launch on 360 and PS3? Pretty sure it was. Okay, I don't remember. I know a lot of people lamented uh, DMC because it was 30 frames per second, but I didn't have a problem with it personally. I didn't play it at 60, though. It'd be one of those things where once you feel it, you're like, oh, yeah, this should have been 60 the whole time. Yeah, Destiny 2 on PC. So, anyway... In an interview with the PS Blog in Japan, Shuhei Yoshida spoke on PSVR and how the company is doubling down on it, which is nice to see after some people were worried that they would be winding down on it. He notes that users want games that can play for a longer time, which sounds to me like multiplayer-based experiences or large-scope RPGs or maybe even a games-as-a-service setup. Um, with these expectations in mind, Shuhei says, quote, I came up with the strategy of making full-scale games of larger scale in the second and third years. Titles with a deeper gaming, which is a weird translation thing, will continue to increase in the future. End quote. Uh, I think that makes sense. Releases like Firewall that I talked about, Firewall is the perfect game to keep people coming back to because A, it's fun, it's multiplayer-based, uh, and the maps move around. So multiplayer-wise, you're already going to try and come back to it. But, of course, the flip side of that is if they're very smart with what Firewall is and they use it as a setup, they can do very easily They can do what Rainbow Six did and constantly update the game in a way that's ends up making it one of the go-to titles for it. Blood and Truth is the other one, and even Daracene is another example of uh, these needs being serviced, uh, being serviced, and, of course, the wants. Uh, a couple more things. Drawn to Death, the hand-drawn style arena shooter from last year will be closing its servers down in March 2019, um, showing, again, that Sony's being aggressive on not keeping these servers alive on games that they don't feel like are worth it. Uh, so RIP come March it's not surprising the game didn't do well and the studio ended up closing down. So sucks for them. Sucks for David Jaffe, who is the person behind this. It's a cool-looking game. I just don't know that it had a big market, even for me. As much as I like the art style, I would have liked it in an actual game that I could play as a story and not necessarily an arena-based shooter. Uh, but that was the last of Sony's little experimental games-as-a-service things they ended up doing, so probably not going to see that anymore. Uh, and lastly, the PS Plus games for October are halfway fitting. The main titles for PS4 are Friday the 13th, the game, uh, with the other headliner being Laser League. Um, Master Reboot is a PS3 one. The Bridge is coming for PS3, PS4, and Vita. Rocket Birds 2 Evolution for PS4 and Vita, and 2064 Read-Only Memories for PS4 and Vita. Uh, so pretty much PS4 getting all the games except for Master Reboot. So if you have a PS4, you got a lot of games for it this month. Don't know if any of them are good. Didn't play Friday the 13th. I don't know anything about Laser League. But Crazy, we just got Dead by Daylight, which is a very similar game. Right. 
And not a good one. Yeah, it's a really interesting choice. I feel like both of the games should have tried being more ge- geared towards October, but man, what also a massive departure from what the rumors are saying of Neo and Diablo 3, which that sounded too good so to be true. So much better, yeah. But I would have loved to uh, play more Diablo 3. I wouldn't have been mad with owning Diablo 3. I'd been like, that's a good get for everybody else. You yeah. Know? That's cool. In this case, hey, if you like Friday the 13th, that's cool. But now we will move on into reader mail since that section took a lot longer than we anticipated. Sure thing. So uh, since we answered two during the show, we normally answer uh, three, but we'll go ahead and answer two more. Uh, one will actually lead us into the main topic in a way, but uh, for those that do not know, we put a reader mail tweet up when I remember on Wednesdays and Fridays <laughs> on Twitter, and we encourage you guys to ask us questions, which we answer on the show. Uh, any uh, Anything that we answer past three will be put into a document we save for our reader mail episode that airs on the first Friday of every month, uh, which means that here in a couple of days, you guys get a reader mail for uh, the month of September. Oh, Le- man, yeah, it's coming quick. It is. Liam says, what games specifically would you... Uh, would you or are you wanting to play with listeners? Despite our hiccups during Far Cry 5 multiplayer, I think that was the most fun I had with a game this year. Uh, that was really fun. I can uh, remember if you did it with us or not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a couple times. Not yeah. a lot. Uh, but it was Fallout, goofy. It was goofy. Fallout 76 seems like a good fit. Yeah. Fallout seems like a pretty fun fit. Uh, Games that are more open, like we kind of talked about in the last episode, I think that depending on how Red Dead Online ends up playing, it looks like it supports 32 people online. I don't quite... Un- yeah, Red Dead's another one too. Yeah, yeah Red Dead seems like it'd be a good fit depending on how semi this lets us get. It seems like another game right for goofy fun. Uh, yeah. I think that there are game. I think that there's games that we both like that if we had more people to play, I think I'd be more pulled into it. I actually think if we had people playing Destiny 2 with us, I might be more inclined to go Destiny 2. Yeah, I mean, uh, we have two that play with me, so three. So two more people plus you, that's six. That's a raid team. There we go. And uh, you did you you beat the Leviathan raid, right? Yes. You just never beat hard mode Leviathan. Yeah, I never. Yeah. I, I, it wasn't even out. I would be surprised if that was not the last trophy you needed because you did a lot. So like, It's pretty much. Yeah, so I know that's what we need in Destiny 1. The, the so. other two, I know what they are, but they're easy to do. Prestige, not fall. Well, that's... That's the one that, that the hard mode of the, the prestige. I'm sorry of the, whatever a hard difficulty prestige novel, whatever it is. That's that's the same trophy. Remember? Oh, is it? Yeah, but they made it to where you can't do the prestige nightfall anymore to get it. It has to be the hard mode raid. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, so there's that one, and then of course I'm lacking the one. I think it's to get a either it's one of the two classes all the way up, or maybe even both the classes. One I'm really all, close. Yeah, yeah. So technically it's all three. But yeah, you did one. I know I did one. Up. I got very close on the second one if I didn't get it, and then the third one I didn't start at all. Well, if you actually buy Forsaken to play with this, you actually get this thing that uh, levels up one character fully. Token. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, we'll see. I don't really know. I don't. I, I still don't know if I'm getting it. I think it's worth it if you have the time or want the time to put into it. But um, yeah, it's fun. But, yeah, uh, Warframe would be another one for me particularly because oh, yeah. I like Warframe. Uh, but for people who don't, hey, you know what? It it's, is what it is. It's just such a weird experience like whatever I play. Like, it's fun, but it's just like there's something so weird about that game that just makes me not like it. I don't know what it is. Like, it's fun. Maybe but, it's a gut feeling. You can't get over some things. You just don't like some things. That's cool. It's weird. Uh, but to lead Follow us your heart. Into the main topic, we have Josh. He says, do you guys think with a new announcement that PSX is not happening this year that maybe Sony might get to the point where they're overconfident with their sales? Seems like the Xbox is knocking it out of the park in a lot of ways, and PlayStation is doing, well, nothing. So PlayStation is doing nothing. Somebody, I can't remember where it's at. But somebody uh, commented on either our Twitter, I think it was our Discord, uh, but they said that they're doing a whole lot of nothing in terms of like customer friendliness. 
but they're doing everything else. Where Xbox is doing a whole lot of good PR, but a whole lot of nothing else. That on Xbox's side is kind of unfair. I think that they're doing a fine job with the games past and stuff they have. I think it's a fine, like, like back a year ago, somebody could have said, like, is Xbox One worth buying? And I would have said, no, like, period. But, but now, now you feel you like now with backwards argument. compatibility and Games Pass, oh, yeah, it's worth buying. Um, now, if you're saying versus a PS4, you know what my answer is going to be to that. But, yeah, it's totally worth getting into if you want a machine like that. I don't think, though, that... I get the idea, though. Go ahead. Sorry. But I get the idea of what it, I mean. I get the idea of saying the the Xbox thing. I think it's more about specifically on the game side of things. Yeah, not on not the, game the side service of side of things. Yeah. Now that's that's actually kind of which my is answer. still good PR. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Ga- games Pass is a Games Pass is a from what we know, it looks like it's at least a workable, successful enough business model that they can lean on it pretty hard. Backwards compatibility is a weird business model, but it ends up working for them when they have Xbox One X enhanced backwards compatibility too because they're making money off of those sales again. Uh, so there's a business model there. And of course, uh, with crossplay and everything, and, and in their event that they're doing, the Xbox One event, it is funny to see that these things are going on, that PSX isn't happening, but instead Xbox has an event happening. It's very backwards from what things have been. But those are all realistically good PR moves. And that's part of why, in my mind, I do feel like PSX to this still happen. Uh, Steve Bitto, uh, one of our long listeners in the Discord, said this, and I do agree with what he's saying, and I do think that this is true. I think that they are in, they are purposely installing lulls going into next year so that when it's time to talk PS5, they they are all guns blazing. Absolutely. That's and I, absolutely and, what it is. And I think it makes a ton of sense and that realistically, this announcement just goes more to support that I do think next year is PS5 year. I do too. Like I, I, I legitimately think that we are going to get an announcement at E3. There is going to elaborate on um, on um, a PSX or maybe something similar a little or later than P, uh, E3, if not completely announced at E3. Okay, I, I think we're even talking a little bit different there. I think this is going back to what I was talking about of this very closely, potentially, very closely following the PS4. But we hear about the we hear about the PS5 in like February. No, but we don't see no, it. Not, just like just not, like we did with the PS4, where no. it was a February event where they talked about it. They talked about specs. It'll be the March. They're not going to do that well, the most pop like with. Two. Well, you're, that's a good point. Yeah, they would move it only because of how weird exactly. February got. That's yeah. a good point. But basically, what I mean is, you'll see it in the first quarter with the release in the last quarter. Yeah, I can see that. I believe that that's very possible. We keep getting things that I look at and I'm like, this seems too much to lead towards this not being true. For the fact that all of the games that we've seen, like we know that The Last of Us is going to be a 2019 thing. Sony Music even just put something out that showed 2019. Uh, Kojima originally said 2019 for Death Stranding, and then they've recently talked about the fact that the game is the development is going exactly as they planned and that the, the the release date that they had in mind has not changed themselves. So internally, even though we don't know it, nothing's changed on their end from their original projection. Right. So even though we don't have a date, Ghost of Tsushima. Right, that was one of them that we don't quite know about. Dreams, which seems like it's going to be a really hit or miss title, and then Days Gone. Days Gone and Dreams, we know of. I thought Dreams was like December this year for some reason. Nope, there's going to be a beta that's probably going to end up being in December this year, but that's about it's it. Such crazy, so crazy. Yeah, but the game looks so fun, and we had uh, Dan, one of the listeners, talk about it. But that's a tangent for a whole different thing. He said the game's fun, but it's it's one of those games that when you just look at it, you don't quite see the proceed. Like, you don't see the value. Oh, no, you yeah. have to you play have it. To, yeah, you have to experience it. And that's going to be. A, I really hope that there's a demo. 
for that game because of that. Yeah. Because the beta is a very short period, and for the people that do that, it may sell them. But how do you get long term? Yeah, you how have do you to keep have that going? Last a little bit. Give, but... give people a demo. But yeah, when you talk about PSX and what it's doing, I mean. It obviously makes sense to drop down PSX from an announcement standpoint and do like they did last year, where they don't they set expectations well. I think what I would have said if I would have come out and said, "Look, guys, we're going to do exactly like we did last year. There's going to be literally no new announcements because that's just what it is. We're going to just have convers- not even do a panel like they did last year. Just like we're just going to have an event where you come. There's a bunch of panels." that happened throughout the day while the show floor is going that you can come visit if you want to. That's just developers talking about stuff that you might find interesting. And then otherwise, go to the show floor. Play Kingdom Hearts if you've been wanting to play Kingdom Hearts but you haven't had an event that you could go to. You know, uh, go see Days Gone and play Days Gone ahead of time. It does suck that you can't. Like, There's another aspect that we talked about is that you know, the meet up with people. Yeah, the congregation of it. That's what I'm saying. When you can let the gamers congregate, there's goodwill in that alone. Yeah. And I think that it would have shown, it's like, well, look, because... PSX is very much a mixture between this uh, this obvious place where they get to control the media in terms of announcements when no one else is doing anything besides Game Awards. But Game Awards happens, it kind of goes down, and then bam, it's all them. Dude, I just had a perfect idea. Okay. But let me finish this yeah, real quick. Yeah, go ahead, because this is going to be fun. But the reason I say that they should have done this is that I get that's the that's the business side of it, right? They get, to, they get to hold the media down, and there's a lot there. But it's good PR for them as well. It's an event... Solely focused around PlayStation for PlayStation fans, and it helps to come, out the indie congregate devs. each other. They make money for it, and it helps out indie devs. Yeah, you I get mean, to experience and play indie devs before they come out. It's, it's very rare that you could go up to a table as a normal person and play a game like Owlboy was there last year, and I've yep. heard people that got to go up and play Owlboy and it sold them before, on. Yeah, before anybody else, you know, despite uh, being a uh, and it helps them. I'm not gonna say mediocre, but like you know, a. a I'm not, never mind. Okay. But, but your point stands in the fact that, okay, so if now, if somebody get now, of course, PAX happens. These events do happen yes. at the year. But when you have an event that's just focused towards one group of people, they wouldn't lose money on it necessarily. They pay, the, people pay to go. You pay to get in. You pay for well, your ticket. We also don't know how much it costs to rent the uh, convention center out. Well, sure. But I mean, they're, I mean, it, again, there may actually be some real uh, downside to, not having announcements to where it would affect the amount of people who wanted to attend. But I do think that you'd have a very large group of people who still wanted to attend. And if you're not paying for people to come out for announcements, you're saving money there. And then otherwise it's just third party people who are coming on their own accord, but you're not paying like Fortnite was there last year doing a big tournament because it was big for Fortnite. It helped Fortnite, right? It, yeah. it helps establish its dominance in gaming. You get to go there. It's you expect to see it at events like that. Uh, there were trivia games where it was just going on. It was fun. It didn't matter. I, I will tell you the worst part of PSX last year was the announcements. If you would have just told me this year that there wasn't going to be that at all, like there was not, cause they said, well, yeah, it wasn't going to be a yeah. real keynote, but we'll have a couple of updates. The announcements right? were all, all pretty bland. Yeah, give me for... nothing. I don't even care, but medieval was cool. Yeah. That was I was cool. going to say medieval. And then there was another thing. VR for, um, that's, that's where they announced VR for, uh, wipeout. And that was actually cool. Oh, uh, they might have see, announced something else, but I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, it just might be that I've forgotten, <laughs> but see, that's what I mean is that it was the worst part of the whole experience. It was uncomfortable. There wasn't even anything exciting enough to just really pull you. Uh, it, it the part that was fun, I guess was the Detroit whenever they were doing the playthrough on that because of the congregation. Again, we're all yelling stupid stuff. Save the fish. Well, now that I think about it too, if there is no keynote or conferences of any kind to attend to, wouldn't that mean lines for demos would be a lot longer. 
No, no, because the keynote happens the day before when the, oh, okay. when the show floor isn't even open. Gotcha. So it'll be the exact same. Yep. So yeah, they, they should. That's why I think that they should have just sacrificed Friday. Everybody can come in Friday, or maybe even extend the show floor. Have it to where Friday's a day open fourth show floor. Yeah. That way, people who only want it that may you have show floor Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Or you could do like Friday exclusive passes, like where only you get to go in. You know, these passes are thirty dollars more, but right? then you get to go in on Fridays. So. Yeah, and that means that you have a less competition and stuff like yeah, that. Your wait times I, are lower. You that's get what I mean. I just think divs. I think that there's reason enough to go ahead and say justify it i get like one of my initial wordings is like well they have plenty to show because you have like resident evil 2 and stuff like that but i don't mean show on a show i don't mean show on a stage with announcements i mean show on the show floor i want to be able to go walk around and play resident evil 2 early if i want to one of the best things i did last year was play detroit early and it really made me be like i already knew i wanted it i definitely want it now and that game didn't disappoint it was cool it was i glad that i was glad that i got to go in there and do that Walking through the God of War thing was cool. Going through the Days Gone section was cool. It's fun. It's different. It's like a vacation for gamers where they're getting to do something that justifies you taking days off to go do, and it feels worth it. And I think that that's the biggest thing like, of the group of people I know who are most bummed about the fact that it's gone is that we were all saving vacation days for this because this is our vacation. See, now that's I said it like two episodes ago, but I said it's a kind of a real dick move from Sony to kind of not let people know about this or to, to, to kind of announce it now because there are people who I feel who like have they've to known, take, too. Yeah, they, they've definitely known. I mean, think about it, dude. They got to reserve the conference, the the conference center. It's that's two months from now. Yeah, not even two months. It's a little bit less than that from now. Well, no, it's a little. Well, more. yeah, it's a little. It'd bit be more, a little yeah, bit more, like, like a, two, a, months two months of a week. week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they have to reserve the conference center. They have to set up the vendors. They have to call in every dev that they're going to get there and be there. This they've known. Yeah, for sure. And there are people like me and you who had to buy tickets to on a plane who needed to save up vacation time, who maybe had to work an extra weekend to get a weekend off. Sure, there are things that they should have let us know. What I what I was thinking though. Get this. Ryan comes down. John comes down. Anybody who else wants to come down and hang out with us, we go rent a van. And then we take the van and we drive it to like Dallas or Austin or somewhere fun. It's like a big old like road trip. That would be fun. Instead of like all flying to somewhere meet up, imagine like us renting out like one of those. I forgot what they're called, but like it's like the cool like big vans that are yeah. like fun I'm to not, be in, like I'm, shuttle vans. Yeah. Like imagine us renting it out. First of all, I don't think it's that expensive. Gas would be a problem if we split it evenly among every passenger. We could literally drive to, I mean, there's so much around here. We can go to, we can go to Little Rock. We can go to Fayetteville. We can go to Dallas. We can go to Austin. We can go to. Um, so any, road trip? So like a road trip. But they all like, we all meet up somewhere that would be a fine place to meet up. Maybe in the middle for everybody or even, I know Ryan lives close to us. I don't know about John. I'm not going to say it on air where he lives. Or yeah. R- Ryan would not be a problem. It'd be very unfair of John. <laughs> If I remember where he lists currently, yeah. That's, yeah, it'd be very unfair. But, um, but yeah, so. I like your enthusiasm. But so. it would be fun, right? Yeah, so anyway, that goes to show, like we said, we're bummed because there's a vacation to us, but it was also based around stuff that is gaming related. We st- we could have still went to PSX and had a blast and then told y'all about stuff that we saw or and found. Or John flies into Dallas, and then we take a road trip to go get John and then take another road trip somewhere else. <laughs> So it's like two road trips, and then okay. we got to take a road trip back to Dallas to drop John off, and then another road trip back to here to drop Ryan to end us off. Okay, well we'll, we'll we'll talk about that with them. If you had a VR and firewall, you could just play with us to talk about it today. But oh, I, mean, wow. I could still jump into a party. You yeah, could. It's like parties you don't could. work like you that. Could. But I'm going to go home and eat and go to sleep here. You know, like I know the you next will. Hour and a half. I know you will. But anyway, I mean, I I just I get where Josh is going with this, and he's saying that that PlayStation's doing nothing, but they're not. PlayStation's been busy, and, and I get again. I get your standpoint. It's just they're doing something in different arenas, like Saul said. 
Xbox knows that they don't have the games. They, they, they really do. I mean, we know that they know that because they address it themselves at E3. So when they know they don't have the games, they're going on the PR front to just do as much cool stuff as they can to yeah. get goodwill behind them. While PlayStation has had a lot of games this year, and a lot of them have been very, very highly rated and sold. So instead, for them, they don't need to worry they about that. They can be more reserved. Yeah, they can do this, and they can say, now don't be wrong, being clear about this way earlier in June when they kind of probably knew that it wasn't going to go down or that they were having doubts that they wanted to do it, they should have just been like, for now, don't plan on PSX. If that changes, we'll update you. They yeah. could have done that. Yeah. And, then, and then at the last minute, they decided, you know what? It is worth it to have a PSX. Let's go ahead and push forward. Then you can go, okay. But otherwise, you can just kind of tell people, like, don't get too many ducks in a row thinking that you're going to have a PSX to go to in December. We'll update you that, if that changes, but... I am curious about the name, the name changing meme that's been going around. Like what? Like what? What? What is the like result of this? Like what? When are we going to hear more about that? I wonder. Well, who knows? Because it could still happen without PSX being a thing. Of course, because his, his wording on Twitter. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, the wording was last year in an interview uh, on stage with Sean, where he said he's hoping things happen this year uh, to where by this time. By, by PSX next year, you won't have to ask me that question, which sounds like by December of this year, name changes will be implemented. We're still talking about the mystery feature of 6.0 that we don't quite understand. Is it, have, is well, it tied to that somehow? I think it's tied to the PlayStation Now downloads. I don't know. We, I, I truly don't. We really don't. Uh, that's and, what I think. Your control looks more like a Nerf gun than a Goku in Goku. Why are you so worried about my controller? It's just, it's just so vivid. Sorry, guys. I, I'm pointing out one. He has the orange and blue controller. Well, look. Is there anything else you Dang. think about PSX? No. Yeah. No more Sean Layton big head memes. Ah, darn. Yeah, that was fun. For those that don't know, there's a there's a point in which Sean is on stage and like his shirt matches the background perfectly, but his coat looked so small in comparison, and his head looked humongous. <laughs> and it was. You should so share good. that picture if you still have it. That you I, took. I, I have it on the. I, I literally. Took, okay, put it I, on Twitter. I may have, I may have very well made, tag him. I made a Polaroid out of it and go, go. I see that you're avoiding this again, Mister Layden. Yeah, just do it. I, I have a care. Polaroid print out of that picture. Anyway, I, I think that's interesting. And so I want to say in response to that is Mister Josh's brother Liam says I wouldn't say nothing. They've got a lot of stuff lined up and have showcased. Realistically, would you want more trailers and some of the old stuff? This could be a way to prevent oversaturation of their games and not spending more for conferences. I get the. I get There's all of that when it comes to the yeah, showing. There's well. a lot of dynamics. Where are the money they're going to pull here? Are they going to put it in an event that's going to happen February? Okay. Because if they're going to make an event in February, they're going to have to pay for that. Of course, yeah. Unless they use the PlayStation Theater, that, which they own in New York. which I, There's still cost involved yeah, there. But or they could have taken, you know... That's what they did at last... Ticket revenue from the, PSX. And <laughs> yeah. Again, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't think it's, it's such, a, I don't think it's cut and dry like that. It's not. PlayStation's it's obviously not doing nothing, but they're but what they're doing is different Ow. than necessarily what the fans may have wanted. But you know, Josh, you say that they're not doing anything, and I, again, I know that this is more of a hyperbole, and that maybe you mean a more targeted use of that. But while it's easy to look at PlayStation in this particular instance, say they're doing nothing. Well, guess what they just did? They just made crossplay compatible. So while fans, oh of yeah, PlayStation, he's just over exaggerating. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. So it's like, while fans who wanted to go to PSX are going to be bummed, think about the fans who did want to crossplay. They're they're just doing things that are aiming towards different sections than what they typically do with PSX, and that's a bummer. And it really does suck. I love PSX. My biggest hope with this announcement is that PSX is not going away, and that we instead see it next year when there's a lot to talk about because of a PS5 announcement and all these games, and there's way more to show off. And who knows? That's just one of those things. Time is going to be the biggest thing to show us. 
I think if we if if we're right on on the beginning of the generate or the beginning of next year, so somewhere in that first quarter, maybe March, that we hear about a PS5, my attitude on where PSX may lie is going to change a lot. Now, depending on how that goes, if PS5 doesn't come out next year and then we miss this we miss this PSX and then we miss next one, I'm going to oh, be yeah. a little more like this is weird. Yeah, this is certainly unusual. But I think it makes sense like Steve said in the in the Discord. This is installing a lull because we've to seen too much yourself. of everything that's there. Like I'm, I'm sick of seeing Days Gone, Resident Evil Two. I kind of want to keep Ghost more of a surprise. Tsushima is the only thing Ghost, we haven't seen a ton of. I, Ghost, I want to keep more of a surprise as well. Sure, I, I'm with you on that, but we that's the only thing we haven't seen a ton yeah, of. Yeah, Days Gone, I'm sick of. Death Stranding, I want maybe one more thing, and I will be sick of after that. I want nothing. To be fair, but, but I will thing. say that most recent thing where they showed off, uh, oh uh, my god, Troy, Troy Baker, Baker's character, dude, dude his character looked cool. Woo! That enemy he summoned looked cool. I'm excited, but uh, oh man, why don't you guys in the comments, Discord, and Twitter let us know what you guys think about PSX? Are you happy that it's canceled? Are you sad? What do you think they canceled it for? And uh, most importantly, where are you going to go and meet us there? But now you can't, and we're all sad. <laughs> but uh, let us know about hey, that. And if you want to be part of this magical van trip that Saul wants to plan, shoot us. Let us know. Maybe if this becomes feasible, we'll do something Dude, stupid. I'm telling you, we can literally, like, there's... But that's, that's banking on, like, Josh and Liam and Blake all just being like, bye, guys. Well, first of all, hold on. Yeah, first of all, we got to make sure we get a van that fits everybody in one. You don't want to take two vans. We that's, need a head count. Uh, but we need a head count. Uh, everybody pays, you know, however many people we got, we got divided by that number of people that they, you know, that much gas. Uh, so yeah, we could go, you know, who want driving a van to Dallas at 4am getting like a hop on the way there. Come on now. That don't sound fun. All right. It does. all, but I'm just saying it seems unrealistic as well. Cause like y'all want to go to Vegas. We're going to do a Vegas. You know exactly what we're going to do in Vegas. I'm not going to say it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know you're kidding. Anyway, but... look, if you have your own thoughts on PSX, let us know in the comments or any of our places where you can find us. Like you said, Discord, Triangle Squared, uh, at Triangle Squared, or tri- at Triangle SQRD on Twitter. If you want to find us in the Facebook group, let us know your thoughts. Do it in the comments below if you're watching this on YouTube. And again, remember, if you like what we're doing here, just subscribe. It lets you know that we're doing every week, and we appreciate it, of course. But until next week, I think this has been enough, and this has been Triangle Squared. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks to our patrons for supporting us. Chad V, Dan Barber, Josh Jarrell, Mikey12, My Name is Dan, Noonie Bird, Shadowist, Steven Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Below, Blake Popst, Eduardo Palomino. If you'd like to support us, uh, the links are in the description. Thank you.